Denominations. Why are there so many? How do you know who's right or who's wrong? Don't we all use the same book? All this we're going to be talking about today and more on Rightly Dividing. Learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Teacher Jacob Leger and your host, Pastor Daniel Wright. Heart of Worship Church Media presents Rightly Dividing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, to Rightly Dividing Podcast, Learning to Navigate Truth in a World of Opinions. I'm Pastor Daniel, and this is Jacob Leger. How's it going, guys? Our teacher. And today, we're going to be talking about denominationalism. If you haven't watched episode one, we highly encourage you to do so, as it describes the foundational principles and mission for this podcast, desiring truth through humility and grace, recognizing that we are not the arbiters of truth, but God's word is. That's right. So also remember that God does hate a spirit of debate, and we are not here to debate. We are all seeking to find the truth. So let's agree to disagree if applicable. That's right. Well, amen. Will we welcome you again? And we have a special treat, That's ladies right. and gentlemen, my cousin, William Frank. Happy to be here, guys. First time on camera Nick. like this. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm excited, though. Very, very humbled and thankful to be here. Glad you're here, man. Yeah, we're excited to have William. He has a huge heart for God. Uh, him and I grew up together because, well, we're cousins, as it turns out. His mom, my uh, cousin, also living next door. Uh, and we all hung out together, cousins and more cousins and more cousins. And yeah. But uh, his heart for God is uh, undeniable. And we thank God for his growth in that. As I'm growing in the Lord, we're all growing together in God's grace. And today we're going to be talking about denominations, as, as it turns out, uh, as far as this ministry, Heart of Worship Church, uh, I'm pastoring uh, there now, third generation since 1967, Heart of Worship Church. Uh, originally founded in 1967, it was Lethsworth Methodist Protestant, just to let our viewers know kind of a quick background, uh, can't come out of the Methodist Protestant movement. Uh, when he had passed away in 2000, then his son, Glenn Joseph Mayu, which is Jacob and I's father-in-law, uh, two of his daughters we had married, um, and uh, he took over the pulpit by that time around 2008. We became non-denominational. Uh, today, my wife and I are serving uh, now since 2013, supporting uh, her dad as he is senior pastor. And I'll call him overseer, still calling the shots as needed. Um, but uh, essentially, that's who Heart of Worship Church is. I know yeah. personally, I was raised the symbols of God. And y'all. I was raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic as well. Mm-hmm. So, and many of us, uh, if you're watching or listening right now, you, if are a Christian, have some sort of a background. Maybe you're new to church or you've been raised in church, but other way you are connected in some form or fashion to a sect of traditional, a traditional, I say a sect of religious teaching, right. whatever that might be. But the thing is, we have many denominations, but we have one God. Amen. That's right. Amen. So when we're looking at denominationalism, it's it's from the outside looking and even as a secular, say someone who's not saved, they say all those different beliefs, all these different names, all these different churches, it's confusing. It's like, well, then who's right? So we want to look at denominations, how it even started. Was that God's original plan? And let's dive into the word study from my man, Jacob. That's right. We're going to talk about the word denomination. So real quick, the it has a prefix of D. It's a Latin prefix. It's the function of undoing, reversing, or breaking down. 
The root word of denomination is nomen, which is a Proto-Indo-European meaning name. Fast forward to the mid-15th century, it can be used for class names, a collective designation of things, of persons, of society, of collection of individuals. And in the 1700s, it was used for religious sex, so to break up all the different religions. That's when it was used to associate with religious sex. I mean, we use it for money now. We have denominations of money, too. So mm-hmm. it, it's the breaking down of of an original. Right. The breaking down would be kind of the easiest way to say it. Yeah. Is the, the negative prefix being D, like mm-hmm. if someone was demoted from work or right. a student went to detention, mm-hmm. it's a negative. So it's a, a breaking down of denomination, which would be simply put the identity of it. Right. If the identity is in Christ, then we're breaking down, well, which part of that identity in Christ based on which church you go to, exactly. you know, right. uh, or sect, as uh, J- Jacob brought out around right. the 1700s to break yeah. those down. I mean, if you look at the timeline when Christ ascended, you know, you had the New Testament church coming in and out of tabernacles, in and out of temples. A lot of it was in the homes. You fast forward to about 200 uh, A.D., Somewhere in that century, you find the the established religion of Catholicism, and then you'll have breakaways from the Protestant Reformation. Then you'll have uh, Lutherans, and then you'll have Methodists, and then you'll have, over the uh, years, Baptists, and then Assemblies of God, Church of yep. God. So uh, we didn't have those dates because that's not really what we're trying to do to identify. This is not a history lesson. Right. But from a theological standpoint, we wanted to address the issues of these uh, separations in the body and take a description and say, what did God really plan for the church to be? And that's something that we wanted to look at today. Right. Right. So uh, we're going to open up in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, because, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that the Word became flesh, meaning Jesus. Jesus, uh, He became flesh. He is the Word. He is the living Word of God, and He's still alive today. And, Amen. Uh, what what that the purpose of this whole podcast to dig deep into truth. And Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the truth will set you free. So we have to find the source of why, how we can make such a claim or even be qualified to talk about this topic, you know? So, so let's get into the word and let's see what the Bible says about these things. Uh, so in first Corinthians chapter one, verse 10, Paul's writing right here. He says, And we're going to read up to 19 and just read through it, and then we're going to talk about it. It says, uh, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And again, these are written as letters. Uh, You know, I don't... I, I. I don't believe that Paul ever intended that uh, it would go like it was in a, in a compacted, uh, what we call the Bible, that he would ever be joined together in a compacted book with all the scrolls of the Old Testament and everything. He was writing these personal letters to Christians to build the church and build their faith and to start tearing down all these arguments and discussions that were coming up. So you, we right. have to view this as a letter for which what it is. Right. Amen. Exactly. And in verse 11 it says, for it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So basically he's saying, I, I hear that these things that are happening of you. So this is a personal personal message that Paul has given to them on behalf of the church. It says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, 
and I of Christ. He said, is Christ divided? He said, was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Mm. We can't just read this uh, so quickly that we don't understand the context of how Paul is talking personally to these people. That's right. That's good. Verse 14, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. Mm. Yeah. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For mm -hmm. it is written that I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You know, Paul, uh, I love any true Christian is going to... Uh, they're going to understand that when God says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, they'll always give the credit back to God. Amen. They'll Amen. always say that it's all about God. And and in this specific time frame of the, of the church, it's not that it's all about God. It's, it's, it's all about Jesus and what he right. did. Exactly. And when I say, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, I definitely was. And I, I love, with all my heart, I love Catholic people that are in that uh religion i love their hearts i love their uh, their dedication devotion Amen. their devotion yeah. right their devoutness their passion to not miss out on god or what they know to do to follow god and i don't try to bring up anything against other denominations right. i can't i can't personally speak on behalf of uh, on behalf of baptists i can't personally speak on behalf of uh, pentecostals but I can speak on behalf of Catholics that I know that there are people that are Catholic that love God with all their heart. They love Jesus. They understand oh, the yeah. crucifixion. They understand the cross. They understand that Jesus died for their sins. Right. And they take that as a personal walk with him. Amen. Uh, where the rubber meets the road for me is what separates different denominations and what separates different religions and all these things. Is it Jesus or is it something else? Because when it gets to the point of something else, then we have to get back to the root of how the church started That's and right, how man. it all came through Christ. It all came through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to he wants to sift us up as we he told people. Right. He wants to divide us. He wants right. to he wants to scatter us abroad and he wants to just sow different seeds of discord yeah. among the brethren. That's and right. we have to learn to come together in faith. So if we go to Acts chapter two. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The Lord has just really shown me that scripture in a way that I don't believe if they weren't in one accord that the Holy Spirit would have fell down like it happened and the right. revival happened. They had to right. be in one accord. They That's had it. to have a, a like-minded goal and like-minded belief and faith in Christ and what he said. Matter of fact, if we back up, uh, Jesus told them to wait in that specific a specific city, that specific town, specific place to wait on the Holy Spirit to wait. So they don't. They not only were were believing in, uh, they believed in what the words that Jesus said, and they were like minded. They were in one accord. That's right. And I, I I believe with all my heart that the enemy knows that where two or more gathered in His name, and where two people ask according to the will of the Father, He knows the power in that. Mm -hmm. He knows the power of in one accord. He knows the power of like minded people that believe in Jesus when they come together. His weapons then become on, null and void, and he doesn't want that to happen. So right. what does he that. do? 
That's what does right. he do? He does everything he possibly can to start dividing people. He starts to trying to make this religion or this denomination, and then he'll he'll try to do whatever he can to split us up and divide us. That's it. That's it. And but how do we get back to the truth? What is the truth? Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. Well, who who does he also claim to be? The the Word made flesh, the Word. So whenever we we can have all these debates and different views on 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 Christianity. But we have to come to a basic common agreement of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Yeah, and our salvation right. is through him. And if my 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 feel good of God comes from anything besides Jesus and what he did for me, first and foremost, mm-hmm. then I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Come on. And for me in my life, whenever um again, I love Catholic, I love Catholic people. I, love I never them. I never have since like I, I love their reverence for God. I love Amen, the, like exactly. when they're in the building, when they're in the house of God. There's just such a quietness and respect for God. I love that. That's okay, right. um, a specific moment in my life where I was seeking the Lord and trying to be the man that He called me to be, and I was praying that He would show me the way to go, show me what to do with my life. Um, and in that specific moment in time, that specific, I, I also. Uh, if you if you backtrack to my life, I had a, I always prayed for a wife. Uh, had a girlfriend in high school, and uh, it didn't work out. Uh, we didn't stay together, and I realized at an early age, I'm not dating around. Like I don't want to go from this one to that one, and this one to that one. So I said, you know what, God? I said the next time I date somebody, the next time I'm with someone, I want it to be the one that I marry. And I knew at 16 years old that didn't need to happen for me. I didn't. I was not prepared to start having a family at 16. So I said, God, I'm going to wait on you and your timing. Um, fast forward to four years later, which is whenever I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord on behalf of all the ups and downs in my life. And I'm come, I've come to the realization in my heart that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I need him. And mm-hmm. so I, go, I also get to the point to where I understand I can't do this on my own. Not only I need help from my brothers in Christ, from my sisters in Christ. I need to be strengthened. You know, the Bible tells us not to forsake ourselves with the assembly of God's people, especially as the time approaches, which is referring to the times that we are currently living in, especially (laughs) don't forsake yourselves in those time frames. So I needed help. And I know that there was people in that church that that loved God, and it was nothing against that specific church. But that time frame, I remember praying and seeking the Lord on behalf of my future, not knowing what I want, not knowing what I needed to do, what I wanted to do. I just know I wanted God at any, at what cost, whatever it would cost me, I wanted to do it. Amen. And in that specific service, I never forget the, um, the, the, the priest, the leader, he, he specifically, uh, he, he would talk about what was happening in the town, current events, and I'm a man that's like starving. Like I prayed so much. Like I, to the world, I would have been viewed as, as a very righteous person for my good deeds and what I do and how much I would pray. And I was always nice and all those things. But all none of that fulfilled me mm-hmm. because I was searching. I needed to hear from God. I needed God's word. I needed to understand from a higher individual right. that had been walking with God longer. That I needed. I needed some insight on my life. Amen. And that didn't happen in that service. And I was I was at a low point in my life to where I needed some answers. I wasn't uh I was patient with it, but I stood up in that sp- that particular service and I walked to the back and uh they had an adoration room and I just remember going in there and just weeping before the Lord and telling him, like, God, I don't I'm done looking for a wife. You know, that was a big thing for me. I'm done I I'm not done with this church. 
I didn't see that's the thing. You know, the enemy wants us to get in an argument and just walk out on God. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't walk out the church. I went straight to Jesus. And that's Amen. where we have to go. Whenever we come to these arguments and these big dividing moments, we have to go back to Jesus. Jesus. Right. And he will show us. And that's where I did. It was an adoration room specifically of Jesus. And and I just I just remember weeping. And I'm not gonna say he told me what to do. It was just a it was just a very intimate time in my life. Well, what happened was the day after that, uh, I met my now wife, uh, my lovely wife that I love. And now, you know, fast forward, even now we have two, two beautiful children. And, uh, but, but it wasn't about meeting her because the, the better part about meeting her was that her, her dad was a pastor that led me to, to following what he does for Christ, led me to a, a church that was where I was supposed to be. You know, I don't, we talk about the, the the root words of denomination. Like to me, like to say I go to a non-denominational church, you know, we had talked about it, it's like a right. double negative. Like right. it's like <laughs> it's something that I don't I don't necessarily take uh I don't feel right uh, I don't want to say prideful, but I don't feel awesome when I tell somebody like they're like, Oh, what what denomination is your church? Oh, non-denominational. That's kinda like <laughs> it's just not a word that I love saying. Yeah, so then some people sometimes people say full gospel and we talked about that. Like yeah. that's yeah, that's implying. Well, then your gospel's halfway, mine's full. So we don't want to do that either. So then it turns to look. I'm just. I, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I follow that's, Jesus, and uh, that's right. And it's it's to the point to where that moment in my life, uh, God began to feed me from people that were supposed to feed me. It wasn't artificial food coming from a different source that was going to lead me away from God and astray from God. Right. And I don't look at this specific church as the place where I'm supposed to be for forever and eternity. Wherever the Spirit of God leads me is where I want to go and I want to be. Sure. But my mm-hmm. my my prayer to you guys and to all of us listening is um go where the Lord leads you. And if you are not being fed and you're seeking the Lord, don't say, oh, well, you know, the pastor said something I really don't agree with. That's good. Go to Jesus. Don't uh-huh. don't say, oh, forget that pastor. He didn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Go to Jesus and Jesus will continue. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would be the spirit of truth that will teach us all things. Come on now. And whenever, right. whenever I give the, the Holy Spirit that opportunity, he will teach you and show you. And it's... Uh, it's an intimate walk with God that you can't fathom, and I can't fathom. Like, how could he choose me to have that kind of relationship? Come on, I didn't brother. deserve it. Come on, none of us did. But the the prize is there for us to take. Who's going to grab it? And it comes through Jesus. And, you know, I'm just, I'm very, like I said, I love Catholics, but I hate, I hate the pride that I had as a Catholic because I thought... Everybody else got it wrong. I'm the only one that got it right. Even though I love God, I just, right. you know, if Jesus is not the forefront of who you are as a Christian, I, if you say you're a Catholic before you say you're a Christian, I pray that you you seek the Lord on that behalf. Yeah, right. If you say I'm a Baptist before I'm a Christian, I pray that you seek the Lord on behalf of what you say because that church is never what saved you. It was That's the right. Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of God, Jesus inside of that church That's right. that saved you. Right? Come on now. And that's just, it. Uh, man, you know, Jesus said, how will they, how will they know us? They're going to know us by our love. They're not going to know us by I'm right. You're wrong. Forget you. You know, you, you can't, I can't even have a, a talk with you because all you do is say that, you know, uh, it's just, it's senseless for us to argue without going back to the word of God and what God says. Right. That's got to be our standard. It, it has to be, man. And, uh, and you motivated know, in love, like you said, it has to be. We'll go real quick to uh, to First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve, 
And uh, I, I just want to say, if you, if I may, William, I, you fell in love with Jesus. That's the thing you you had said earlier that if your first thing is not Jesus and it's the church, then that's where you're off track. It has to be Jesus, no matter what denomination you find yourself in. And when you fell in love with Jesus, wherever he led you, that's where you were happy to go because you wanted him. Yeah. So where, exactly. where he might say, William, I'm calling you to A, and then I'm calling you to B or whatever. You were following Christ, not following a church. Or and a I man. think that's a great yeah. word for today about denominations. While we're not attacking denominations right. at all, we're yeah. not pointing anything out. We're not saying you're right. This is wrong. This no no no. Today we're we're imploring any and all people within any and all denominations to follow Christ. That's, that's right. the point. That's that's what he said. He said, "Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Amen. Amen. It's good. So in First Corinthians uh, chapter twelve, verse starting in verse twelve, and we'll read through to to thirty one. Uh, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we, we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, to the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, then where were the body? But now are ye many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body forever, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all of the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And when Paul speaks these things, what sticks out to me is, uh, man, there, there's a song uh, that I love. It's called How He Loves Us, or How mm -hmm. He Loves, and He is Jealous for Me. And a thing that I... I really take uh I really take to heart I don't esteem myself better than anyone but I know that God loves me. Amen. If the Bible says if G if God did not hold back his only son for me, how much more will he give me? The right. Bible also tells me if he being a good father compared to me being an evil father, if if I asked if my child asked me for a loaf of bread, 
would I give him a stone? Mm. If I asked, if they asked me for a fish, would I give him a serpent? I would never do that. And I'm right. compared to God as an evil parent. Right. So when I ask God <laughs> for to understand the truth, to show me where I need to be, where 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 am I supposed to be, God? You have to understand that at first He loves you, and He wants you to understand your worth in Him. And right. once we understand that, it helps so much right. because you know I've. I've I've actually gotten hurt a few times in life uh, with my back and everything. And your back's not necessarily a, a a body part that you think like you know we play football and stuff and baseball is always like oh how much can you bench bench press or like <laughs> how much can you squat all right. these things. It's never oh man do you take care of your back like do you strengthen your back? No, it's it's normally the opposite. Right. Uh, you know <laughs> now college and professionals they know better. They will work on those areas because they're vital. But once you hurt your back, you realize that you use your back for like almost everything. everything. Yeah. And right. I'm not saying that's the most important, but it's a very important. Right. But right. where before you thought it was insignificant and not mm -hmm. needed to be addressed, <laughs> it's very important. You realize so, how important it is at that point. Yeah. It hurts so, you for everything. Yeah. So so when we right. when we call ourselves insignificant in the body of Christ, mm. it's just like saying that back is of no importance mm. until something is done to it. Then you start to realize that, man, that thing was very important. It was helping out a lot in areas that you didn't realize. Amen. And now you're like, oh my goodness, right. realizing it. Right. And we're called to be one body with many members in it. And right. but we're called to understand the importance of it and to come together. You know, go get back to that one accord and, and understand that, that was always God's intent mm -hmm. to bring right. us together through Amen. his son. That was that was his gift and it cost him everything. I mean, right. would any of us give our only child that we love with come a on. passion that never did anything wrong? For the right. person that's totally just ruining their life and everybody else's life, would we do right. that? I wouldn't as a as a person. Right. And that's just how much I love my kid. Right. Right. So, but God did that. Right. You know, He proved that. So, for me to get, sit sit here and say that you know, God doesn't really love me that much, you you're that's foolish. You're missing. It's very foolish. Yeah. And, uh, but but you'll only know that when you start to read the Word, when the truth starts to be shown Amen. to you. And uh, you know now. Don't don't get me wrong. I've had to be explained like, you know, like Pastor Shane, my father-in-law, uh, different men of God that I really look up to. People would explain to me and teach me things. And that that is so important. That's why mm -hmm. you need to really be where the Lord directs you and leads you. Right. Right. It's not about the denomination, but where is the Holy Spirit leading right. you? And you will know if you ask him and talk to him and commune with him. You will know. That's right. We yep. will know this thing. You have to have faith in that. And I do. And uh you know, you you start to find out what your purpose is, mm -hmm. and yeah, right. You know, uh, I'm telling you, like I said, I love I love Catholics, and uh, I, I I'm kind of a defendant for them because a lot of people in a in a Protestant church will be like, you know, they'll just say things uh, against them, and uh, I have to kind of show them like, look, when I was in the right. Catholic Church, right, I knew God and I love God, oh yeah, and I was right. saved, oh, yeah. Uh, but that wasn't specifically where God had wanted me, so I, I left, you know. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't leave. When I say I left, I still was following God. It, it was right. just towards a different, Path. different direction. Right. The same Jesus. Come on. But at right. a different four-walled church, yeah. you know. Right. I mean, yeah. but the same Jesus. And uh, so, you know, go back to the word of truth. Before we start and pray right. and don't just give up on your your pastor because we're told to pray for our leaders to yes. pray for these people because they're right. under so much more pressure than we understand. That's why I don't look at that specific priest at the time and bad mouth him or look mm -mm. negatively against no. him. That's there's a there was a lot going on behind that door of that day, but the Lord 
he showed me what I needed to do right. yeah. through faith. And and it happened. And and from here on, like I said, we just have to go day by day with this walk with God. But but yeah, so God's intent was for us to be one. I can promise you, uh, Jesus intended for us to right. be one and uh and, and to come divided. together, not divided. Right. It's a power it's a powerful word, William. I'm glad you shared that testimony because I'm coming at it from the opposite side. I, I was the Protestant and I went to Catholic school uh and my, my pre-K through like third grade. And some of my family members are Catholic, but I was mostly raised, raised the Assemblies of God. And I'll make it quick, but I'll never forget. There was one year during high school, I was invited by On Fire for God Catholics. Uh, there some Williams in the house, okay, who genuinely were born again, saved, loved Jesus. The glory of the Lord shone upon their face. They, they couldn't stop talking about God. Jesus was their life. They were saved without question. So I wanted to, I'm going to lay the record down. No matter what denomination you are, you're going to have people that they're, they're saved, right? But this was them is that they invited me to uh, Steubenville South. And keep in mind my perception of Catholics a bunch of dead, dry, cold, get the service over with church people. Right. And I go into this auditorium and it was quite the opposite. <laughs> But it wasn't even so much that the, they worship and praise and everything. Here's what here's what wrecked my world. It brought me to tears. It changed the Protestant in me. When when I uh, was standing in there and and it, it, the whole auditorium started to go quiet, really silent. I looked down and the priest came with the Eucharist down in the aisle. It entered, it entered the room, the body of Christ. And I, I saw thousands of teenagers deathly silent. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's a shame. We are so caffeinated, animated Protestant people. We've lost the reverence for the body of Christ. We have totally lost it. And that, that I had a radical inward transformation because I had a revelation of the reverence that was lost. Right. That needed to happen in my life. So that was that was my thing. So what I find is it's amazing is all these different sects right. of religion have all these parts like a puzzle piece. If we can just put them together and bring it back to the original Amen. big picture, which is Jesus, mm-hmm. then we'd be a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. Amen. It'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You look at like, uh, you know, in baseball, you have your all-star team. It's, it's, it's compiled of the, the three or four best players on each team. Yeah. Right. And they come together and they make the all-star team. And, right. and us as Christians, I just keep seeing that, you know, uh, right. hopefully there's more than three or four people that really love God in each church. Come I mean, my gosh, but, <laughs> but uh, I believe there's so much more, but I'm just right. saying like, if we, if we would come together, we would make this, yep. this all-star team of, of Christianity, what it was always designed to be. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, there can be people that really don't uh, understand God but they're in the right place at the right time, and the Holy Spirit moving in the, in the in the building, and all of a sudden their life's never the same. Right. All right, guys. So we're gonna uh, jump right into the uh, the third little part here, and it's uh, the unintended consequences you know that we can have if we're not following the doctrine that Christ gave us. Amen. Amen. Right. If you start getting off track on all these other ones or whatever, um, it, it can be a, it could be a negative thing, right, in your life mm-hmm. and in your walk with God. John, Second John. I'm sorry. Chapter 1, verse 9 states this, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. 
He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both God and the Son. Amen. So just as William was bringing out earlier, and as we were discussing, uh, we got to get back to that doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. above everything else, it needs to be first, it needs to be in the forefront of our our thinking and our uh, and our walk we can't be following after man or after this miracle or after this guy for this blessing or or mm-hmm. other things right right if it's not the doctrine of christ first if you're not following jesus first as william stated earlier mm-hmm. you need to reevaluate amen you need to get back hit your knees again right start praying some more find out where you got off track ask god where you lack right right and i know there's some scary prayers because then god will start opening doors and showing you things you you know like, that need well, to be cleaned up yeah this before yeah you know? exactly so that's just some things that uh that it needs to be it needs to be that it needs to be the doctrine of christ it needs to be following after him you need to follow in love with him first and foremost and that's something we got to remind ourselves every day of is like when we wake up what are you what are we praying what are we doing you know what are we right. doing this day what is what's what's going on it needs to be jesus first in every in every aspect and facet of our life well, as we come to this close, if you're watching or listening right now, did what we say speak to your heart about restructuring your mindset to follow after the doctrine of Christ specifically? Do you feel that you are currently planted on the sure foundation of Christ as he is our chief cornerstone? Or what is your take on this denominational issue overall? Brothers and sisters, please remember that the word of God will stand for ever it will never pass away isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 and first peter chapter 1 verse 25 if you're watching on youtube please like share and subscribe and click that bell for notifications or if you're listening on a podcast platform we do ask that you would follow us if you have any questions concerns or topic suggestions please comment below or email us at info at heartofworshipchurch.com join us on our next episode when we discuss the topic of the rapture pre, mid, or post-tribulation as we navigate truth in a world of opinions. This has been Daniel Wright and Jacob Leger. See you later, guys. And William Frank. We're in this together, guys. See y'all later. <laughs> Workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See you next time. Godspeed. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.